Hello, everybody. My name is Stefan, and I'm hosting today for Ant-Man and Quantumania for Wishful Thinking. Uh, today, I'm joined by my groupmates, Jackson, Eric, uh, Ronnie, Kennedy, and Maya. Say hello, everybody. Slay. Hi. <laughs> All right. So uh, today, well, I just kind of want to jump in a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited for this. I saw the trailer. And it has instantly become my new obsession. So, wow. I mean, yeah, the movie poster is your uh, phone background. So. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, apologies, by the way, I'm a little sick this week. So, but uh, we're gonna just gonna truck right through. If the sniffle wasn't indicating. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just want to take a couple seconds just to kind of give some background on Ant-Man, his history of the character, Scott Lang as, as the character, what we've seen in the MCU so far, both uh, within the films, within other media, and just also his comic book history in general. Uh, so yeah, like most characters in the MCU, uh, Ant-Man was originally created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He was also created by Larry Lieber. Uh, they first appeared in Tales to Astonish uh, in 1962, which originally back then that was actually just a sci-fi anthology series, funnily mm -hmm. enough. Um, it didn't actually start picking up steam as like a full-on superhero comic series until later in I think like the 60s, 70s. Uh, this is actually around the same time that Marvel was known at the time as Atlas Comics. Uh, yeah, which is that's right. They used to... Yeah, they used to... And, and, they, and they even went by Timely Comics at another point too. Yeah, it's... Marvel has a huge, weird history. Um, but yeah, no, I was really excited just because that anthology series um, really... Uh, Ant-Man in general just has, in the movies, really reflects kind of his early 50s kind of Silver Age goofiness uh, that you see. And that anthology series really reminded me of like the As uh, Isaac Asimov, like early sci-fi stories. Um, I think Fantastic Voyage was like one of the first ones that had people shrinking down. Um but yeah, that's that's another tangent though. Um, so yeah, so there uh, up to date, there have been a couple people who have uh, donned the Ant Man costume moniker. Uh, obviously, the original was Hank Pym, uh, which we see in the movie as well. His story is slightly different than the comics. Yeah, he was um, a wife beater in the comics, I think. Uh, oh, well, in good. The awesome. <laughs> yes, it was rough. So he was. So that was in, that was unfortunately part of his backstory. Um, weirdly enough, though, this isn't covered in the movies, and I think I. For, I think we I can think, all assume why. Right. Yeah, well, why, I think okay. that's for the better. <laughs> I <laughs> probably. Uh, I'm not even talking about the wife beating though. Apparently, he had a first wife before uh, before Janet, who died in Hungary as a political dissident. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Th that, this is his origin story. So essentially, uh, his wife got like abducted by the secret police and murdered. And because of that, he dedicated his research into pimp particles to become a hero. Um, so they, to fight injustice. Okay. But then he beats his wife. <laughs> but then he beats his wife. So oh, yeah, yeah. He also had a mental breakdown <laughs> in the comics, it. which is where his different personas like Yellow Jacket and Giant, Giant Man, Man came mm -hmm. from, I think. Yeah, and so it's yeah. actually during that time, it's, it's actually mentioned <laughs> that Eric, um, during that his little you know identity crisis as we'll call it, um, that Scott and uh, later also Eric um, put up the moniker. Scott Lang is who we see in the MCU. Um, same thing. I mean, he was also a thief in the comics, but in the comics he, it was because uh, Cassie actually had a heart condition instead of just him being the thief for the thrill of it. Which 
you know, kind of reads different, I guess, but... <laughs> that is so sad. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like... Okay, this is kind of me jumping into the, the trailer a little bit, but that makes him missing those nine years and being so upset about it make more, more sense. sense. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts and theories about that personally, but I guess we'll get into that when we get into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we're definitely going to get there. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting backstory. Um, Scott's also really interesting um, because the entirety of Ant-Man... Obviously, like, the entire Marvel continuity has always been intermingled. Like, Spider-Man's always been in the comics with Daredevil because of their proximity in New York, as well as Avengers Tower. Um, Ant-Man was actually affiliated with the Fantastic Four. Uh, his adversary in this movie, Kang the Conqueror, actually is also uh, an adversary of Fantastic Four, aside from the Avengers. Okay. He's also supposedly a descendant of Victor Von Doom. Whoa. Really? Because yeah. I thought... Kang was originally Nathaniel Richards, which would have been Reed's father. Yeah, it's it's kind of messy. Like, it's one of those things well, where he yeah. goes back in time, he thinks he's an ancestor kind of thing. Everything about Kang is always, like, super messy and convoluted because there's the future version of him, the past version, his younger self. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, he actually, his first introduction was as an Egyptian god in one of the Fantastic Four com- uh, comics. Hmm. Um, that ended up being a ruse, and then he's just actually a scholar from the 31st century. Um, but yeah, so Scott originally was also killed by the Avengers in one of the comics. Um, later editions, he kind of gets revived because comics, but whatever. Eric, I'm not going to waste my time much just because it's, he's kind of he's kind of a D-bag. <laughs> like, even the Wikipedia okay. article about him I'll was leave. all they asked. <laughs> Wrong, Eric. <laughs> no, all they said about him was that he's self-centered, he was a womanizer, and he joined the Thunderbolts, which is like I know that's it's an, like the big baddie. You definitely that. sound like the anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah, Did like, he originate kind of in the '90s era of Marvel? I think or 80s, the 90s. 2000s. Uh, I think '90s. He was just a Shield agent. Is is like the weirdest backstory. He's yeah, like, he that, just found the suit because that absolutely sounds like a type of character who would have <laughs> been, yeah. been in that Cable era when. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole Deadpool Renaissance. Yeah, when they wanted wanted everything to be edgy and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I think currently the current Ant-Man moniker is actually Zane Asgar. Though, side note, Tony Stark from Earth-818 is actually Ant-Man. Huh. So oh. it's, fa- yeah, it's fascinating. I think his name is Anthony Stark in that one. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. I've talked about Tales to Astonish. Uh, back to Tales to Astonish, the sci-fi anthology. Its sister publication was uh, Tales of Suspense, which is where MODOK comes in. Okay. Um, which... I don't think many people notice that he appears in the second trailer and that he's the he's the big angry from... mechanical head. Yeah. Yes. Right. But he's in the he's the same actor as the first as Yellow villain. Jacket. Yellow Jacket. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. remember really, that, but thank you. As yeah. um, Darren Cross's actor. Yes. yes. So he like same guy. I don't remember how that movie <laughs> ends. <laughs> but, so yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it. Because <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of things that are revisiting the first and second movies. There's a lot of like strings that. I think could be tied together in this in this uh, in Quantumania, so I'm very excited for that. Um, Modok, for those who don't know, uh, first appearance in Tales of Suspense number 94 in 1967, also created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. I love him. He is such an ugly little guy. I know. I'm so excited. He's such I a saw hideous spud. And, and I thought I was like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> no, I saw him too, and I had to like rewind and like see the yes. frames. I'm like, <gasps> yes, I tried to pause like twelve different times, and I, <laughs> I couldn't get it. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I, fun side note, I guess. Uh, his MODOK is actually an acronym for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. Oh. I did because everything has to have an acronym in there. Of course. It's of comics. course. Uh, and then Kang, like I mentioned, uh, he originally was uh, depicted in Fantastic Four number 19 in 1963. He was actually depicted as an Egyptian god when uh, Fantastic Four kind of got displaced in time as Ramatut. Um, but again, as Eric mentioned, he's Nathaniel Richards from the 31st century. Uh, a lot of time shenanigans. He got his moniker King the Conqueror because he went future in time, like way, way centuries after the 31st century, uh, found a destitute earth written by war, and he's like, ah, I like power. Don't yeah. they kind of talk about that at the end of Loki as yes. well? Yes, okay. yes. Because the king that basically... That king is different. They, but... The one we, version of Kang we see in Loki, I did a bit of background research because I had to freshen myself up on what's going on. But the Kang from Loki is also called He Who Waits, I think. He Who or, Remains. He, he who, who Remains, remains yeah. And um, his intent was to try using the Time Variance Association to control how many branching timelines there could be so that he can keep the other versions of himself at bay because he was concerned that if time was allowed to branch out in too many pathways, then he would get another... Version of himself who would try to conquer all the multiverse all over again. So now we finally get to see what Loki yeah, because, caused in the end of okay. Yeah, because Sylvie, that was Sylvie. the female Loki, Sylvie. right? Uh, she killed him off, and I guess because, you know, because of time travel, killing him in the future allowed past versions of Kang to now branch out because the TVA wasn't doing its job anymore. And so now Kang was able to swoop in time travel, and then Get take over the Time the Variance Association. idea that they're kind of teasing, right? I think. Well, then how did he take Isn't control the of the time to the TVA? Because at the end of I'm saying Loki, that this, the King the Conqueror version that we see in Quantum Mania, his whole thing is like, I need to kind of get out of here and you guys are on my way out. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. okay. That was the entire point of the oh, trailer. no. Um, which, yeah, no, uh... This I'm, means that... So that's... that. I'm sorry. Does no, that no, mean no. there are, like, two versions of Kang the Conqueror now? There are the multiple... Time- so that's that's the interesting uh, thing, too, is because of the multiverse <laughs> branch <laughs> is... We don't even know if this is the most powerful Kang. This is, like, just our introduction to Kang as a Conqueror. Because the Kang we saw was just He Who Remains, and I kind of like the fact that he was named differently because of that, because it, it, it is a different character entirely. It is an, like an entirely different king. It's a king, the scholar. It's a king that wants to maintain the multiverse intact. Uh, um, it's like Xehanort all over again. I thought I was done with this. <laughs> Multiple copies of one person. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually really interested about this multiversal version because in researching, it seems like uh, there was actually an alternate version of him that uh, became Iron Lad and set up the Young Aven- uh, Young Avengers. So yeah. I'm wondering if. Maybe that's... I mean, we, it did just get revealed that Kate Bishop is planned to be the head of the Young Avengers. Yeah, and they've been that. building that out for a little bit. They have. I mean, and like, you know, Miss Marvel kind of came out and kind of uh, uh, introduced mutants. And I know X-Men's already coming out again with like Deadpool Eventually. 3. And X-Men 97. Yeah. That's um, what it's called. That's and then, so yeah. It's a weird name. <laughs> one, one last thing I will say about, about King's origins, too, is he has no powers, but has... And these are from my quotes, hella strong tech from the future. So he's like Iron Man. 
but century. a more advanced, more ambitious type of Iron more Man. More evil. More evil. That's, more that evil always Iron helps. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now with a little bit of that background out of the way, uh, I guess we'll just talk about the past couple movies, if anyone remembered what happened the first two, just as a recap. The first two Ant-Man? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't remember anything that happens in the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember Ghost and the mom, and that's it. I remember yeah. Ghost oh, and yeah. the so He was under arrest. As <laughs> yeah. Well, he was under arrest as early as the first movie, right? But I don't remember what he got arrested for. So the first film, it was because of like uh, like an Ocean's Eleven style. Thievery. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he was a little sneaky little guy. And so he got arrested for four years. He comes out. Oh, so that's why Hank then wanted him to mm-hmm. help him. Right. Right. Okay, now that makes more sense. Yeah, so in the first movie, you know, uh, the evil guy is like, I, will, I stole your technology. The military will be awesome. <laughs> and Hank's like, well, actually, bro, I hate the military. So... <laughs> Uh, and so he hires Scott and his crew to do like an Ocean's Level style like kind of uh, job. Uh, and in the end, Yellow Jacket ends up shrinking like uncontrollably because he has, yeah. doesn't have his regulator. And then just poof. Right. Yeah. We just keeps shrinking until he can't control it. He shrinks like one body part at one time though. And mm-hmm. I think that's why he ended yeah. up being MODOK, which oh. I didn't put together until just yesterday. Nice? Yes. Like if you go back and rewatch the clip, mm-hmm. his like, you know, his regulator's broken and he starts like shrinking and like one arm goes, then the other arm and then like the body and then last his head. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I have to imagine that, that is immensely painful. Like oh, yeah. there had oh, yeah. been some bones breaking and <laughs> Organs just liquid. Hey, you don't need your gallbladder. <laughs> you don't it's need true. your kidneys. Or your appendix. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can live without some of them. All you need is a giant head. All you need yeah. is one kidney. Yeah. Well, I There's... wonder, like, oh, sorry to cut you off. When he first shows up there without the chair, <laughs> like, wow, what did that look like? You know? Was he just like a puddle on the ground that just kind of like. And somebody found well, how him. How did he show up? <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah, I, I guess, do you want like, to know? Let's give him a chair. <laughs> so I guess it's technically outside of MCU continuity, but there is a book that might answer that. Because um, there's there's a book that recently came out, I think last year, called like The Anatomy of Heroes, uh, published by Marvel, and they have like an, uh, it goes through every single hero, villain, everyone in there, and it's a really awesome book. It sounds cool. Very expensive. Very awesome. Uh, and there's actually a, an illustration of Modoc, and it's just all brain, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because originally, sorry to cut you off briefly, I think his original origin story was that he was a scientist for the corrupt group AIM, Advanced mm-hmm. Idea Mechanics. Mm-hmm. They wanted to basically make him a human supercomputer, so they artificially kept enhancing the size of his brain. Because as we all know, a bigger brain obviously means more computing space. Yeah, of course. Sure. This is just how it works. But uh, yeah, eventually it grew too large to the point that that's why he needs the support chair because he quite literally cannot stand. Yeah, but but he does have telekinesis, so you know, yeah, there's there's that. Um, yeah, no. So that first the first Ant Man was I really I when it came out I was so excited for it I was so and like even watching it I was equally just happy with it. Because Paul Rudd just gives us such a great performance. <laughs> yes, he does. I love Paul Rudd. <laughs> we stand Paul Rudd. We love Paul Rudd. Um, but one thing that I've always appreciated, and it's kind of been true like the past two movies, it just really leans heavily into the 50s sci-fi goofiness. And that's something I just never really got from any of the other MCU projects. 
like the Avengers and like with Tony Stark and you had like Thor, they all took themselves kind of seriously. And I don't think, I think it's not until maybe like Thor Ragnarok, they really just kind of loosened up. But even then, it just still felt like a little... <laughs> okay. So I'm curious going into Quantumania, because we got the first trailer, mm-hmm. which was a little bit more silly, goofy, which I know didn't necessarily work for a lot of people. And the second one... thrown in. Yeah, he's <laughs> thrown in. second one was a lot more serious, and we're like... We're seeing Ant Man getting beat to a pulp by Kane. We're yeah. seeing a version a of him spaghetti fight. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm curious, are you a little bit nervous that that's going to get lost going into this third one? So, that's, well, then that's the weird thing, too, is like, progressively, it has gotten darker in tone. Um, and there's, and like, Ant Man, even from the first movie, ha- has its, fa- like, has never shied away from, like, that darkness. Again, Again, See, Darren Cross is supposed to death. Exactly. <laughs> limb by limb, head final. So, I mean, it's never been, like, necessarily, you know, completely, like, G-rated or anything like that. And that's and that's kind of why I like this, um, and, as, and as well as, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, for example. Because, like, they, I think they just strike that nice balance between, like, serious emotionality with, like, that, that goofiness. Like... When you're talking about someone who can shrink down like to the size of an ant and controls ants, and when the first movie you have an ant named Anthony that he cries <laughs> over, and a you know fight inside no, Cassie's living crying. room with a giant Thomas, Thomas the Tank, Tank Engine, engine. <laughs> as a threat, right? That was, like, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, I, I like it, and I think it's just kind of like this third movie in the way it portrays sci-fi is just a very mature look at it. It's like okay. We're gonna spaghettify Ant Man. We're gonna have all these different versions collapsing on each other, but like they don't. It's obvious that they did their homework. I think is is what I've really appreciated about Ant Man so far, um, and like, and I think that this darker tone really just kind of elevates the stakes. Because like in the first Ant Man, what are the stakes? Like his maybe like losing Cassie for a little bit, or like going back to prison. Yeah. Um, this third movie, he's losing Cassie in pretty much all realities. He's lost nine years total with her, like, and she's off. Of, like, we see her in the trailer getting out of prison. Yeah, um, so yeah. What cool. did she do to get arrested? I definitely I don't think we'll figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think Cassie, you know, having to grow up without a father for most, without any kind of family for most well, of her has... life, definitely turned her out. Well, I don't know. Did she have her adopted father and mom stepfather after oh, yeah. the snap? Yeah. I don't remember. He was an all right dude. Like, right? He was all right, but okay. Um, and, the, and that and that fa- like that theme of family is something we kind of just see throughout as well. Like the first one is all it's always been about Cassie. Like it's always just been about her. That's always been central motivation for her, for Scott. Um, and I'm really happy with how this progression has gone from like um, I'm all alone to the second movie like. Oh, here's Janet now, and now now this third movie, someone actually called it like the Ant Fam of like three generations <laughs> of Ant Man, um, because people are saying that Cassie apparently is confirmed to play Stature. Um, oh yeah. yeah, I heard that too. Which I'm very excited about, um, but leads to some questions and implications that uh, I guess we can discuss. Uh, I, which I guess the first and foremost and the most obvious one: Do you think Scott will die? I was. Curious I about hope this too. not. I think he will. 
I do not think he will. I think that, <laughs> oh. I think that he will because they need to do something to bring back the stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I don't know, with... Uh, Too many just, characters. Yeah, you got to send the numbers. Once you bring in, like, time travel and a multiverse and all these things, it's really, really hard to um, make things matter still. You know, because it's like, oh, he dies, and there's 50 other ones we can just yank out of well, some yeah. other okay, universe. Like the, <laughs> and so I that's like the sociopathic military commander <laughs> philosophy of, oh, we can, so we can just replace him with another Scott Lang. Yeah. <laughs> They're just units to add to the pile. <laughs> I get what you're saying about, like, the stakes not being, you know, real in, like, a multiverse story, mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, the you know, fabric of reality falling apart. Yeah. Is pretty good <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. I don't know. I, I hope he doesn't die. I like but, Paul Rudd too much. <laughs> See, so fair. on the one hand, we have the entire multiverse collapsing and being torn to shreds by a dude willing to go war hungry. On the other hand, we have a Baskin Robbins employee <laughs> maybe dying. You mean uh, the employee of the, of the century. century? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, no, yeah, I... Personally, I think, I don't know, I think the, the whole hole in the helmet and, like, I I don't have to win, we just both have to lose. I don't think Scott himself will, like, physically die, but I do think the Ant-Man moniker will die in the quantum realm. Because, like, I mean, I, I don't know. We've seen, uh, like, Marvel is supposedly ready to just kind of hang up some of their monikers. Like, Peter Parker supposedly is done as Spider-Man, like, uh, or at very least, like, he's just okay with the consequences of his of his actions. Well, he's he done with stop Peter being Parker. Spider-Man. He's not being Peter so. Parker. And that's true. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like what they're hinting at is, like, Scott is just ready to hang up the superhero life and just dedicate himself to being a family man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after, you know, it only took him three movies and nine years without his daughter. And, and the entire, becoming spaghettified. And becoming spaghettified. Yeah. A la Reed Richards. <laughs> I hate that Reed Richards scene for the record, but that's a different tangent. Yeah, but of course the stretchy guy has to be the one to turn into string cheese. It's it's just logical. It's just okay, logical. I have a question to ask you. Yes. How much 80s music do you think they'll put into this movie? <sighs> Realistically? <laughs> I... Do you want an optimistic answer or the realistic answer? <laughs> Realistically speaking, knowing how Marvel is Marvel... And I blame the Joss Whedon effect as I have, uh-huh. I have dubbed it. I think I I will say like a realistic uh, estimate, sixty percent of the soundtrack. That's okay. fair. I feel like yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think sixty percent. I will say, and I, I was talking to Eric about this shortly before we started recording. Um, I'm really excited about the like the actual original soundtrack for uh, for Quantumania. Just because if you see this, like if you hear the sound design, like it, they're really pushing for like that edgy kind of like not really out of the kind of out of this world. Um, yeah. I mean, this is something that we kind of brought up before we started recording. Um, but the comparison between the first trailer where they are using the Beatles stuff and then the second Elton trailer. John. Elton John. Elton John. Yeah, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> All the yellow stuff. I'm I sorry, but I need to set the record straight on that. Roads, um, but yeah, the first one with Elton John and then the second one with the actual soundtrack, it was amazing to see the tonal differences between the first trailer mm-hmm. using Elton John and then the second one using an actual soundtrack where it completely changed how people interpreted the movie of oh, yeah. like, even most of the scenes were really similar. And it was that idea of like, oh, this is going to be a much more gritty, uh, gritty, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Do you know who the composer is for the third one? So for the third one, I'm actually not sure. Okay. I can't remember, but I would assume that Christoph Beck is coming back for the third one. Okay. Um, which I absolutely, out of all the Marvel projects, and this was another reason why I just loved Ant-Man out of all the MCU projects, um, like the original soundtrack was just phenomenal in my opinion. Um, like, <laughs> I remember right around the same time uh, the movie released, I was uh, in band around, I think, this is maybe like late middle school. We actually ended up playing the theme from Ant-Man in one of my concerts. And it is so fun. Like it's so I don't know. I like to I like I like to summarize my feelings for Ant-Man as modernized campiness. Huh. <laughs> it's it's like it, like I said, because it has a mix of like 50s goofiness just kind of leaning into like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> let's just tell like let's just tell the story with this, you know? And I think that's something with superhero media, like especially nowadays, that's just kind of become a little redundant, I guess. Because um, there was like there was this era, like '90s, 2000s, even going into 2010s, where there was like a huge critical analysis and like looking back and deconstructing the superhero. Um, and you know, for the time it worked. You know, The Boys, Invincible, all those like really phenomenal graphic novels that turned into really great shows. Um, but, like, at this point, it's just kind of like the MCUification of everything, honestly. I mean, I don't know. Even when the boys have been, and Invincible are now being ad adapted, I feel like they take on a completely new kind of idea around them because it is, like you said, the MCUification, which I don't think is actually affecting those two. Mm -hmm. And they're now a statement on the modern... I think that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. as because I'm a huge fan of at least Invincible, the boys as well, but not nearly as big. Mm -hmm. Um and I've always found that interesting and in how it's once again doing the same thing yeah. in a different context. Well, see, for me, like, I love, I love, ter like, tearing those apart. Like, one of my favorite Batman stories of all time is, a, uh, I think it's called A Quiet House on a Quiet Hill. Um, and it's this gorgeous graphic novel that takes a lot of, uh, I like, ideas from, like, essentially a lot, its visual style is very reminiscent of, like, Impressionist paintings, uh, like, from like I think nineteenth century Europe, and and they, it takes such a really deep look into how Batman's Rogues Gallery really like look into the deepest depths of humanity. Like I think Clayface in that a serious one, house on serious earth. That's right? the one. Thank you. Um, like I, f I think I like it goes really dark, um, but like I think Clayface ends up being like a, a sort of metaphor for. AIDS. Um, I remember Matt Hatter was very delusional as he delusional. always is. <laughs> yeah, well, also just like really leaned into like that whole Alice, like I love children kind of thing. Um, it's a really dark turn, but I like I, I just genuinely appreciate that kind of stuff, like deconstruction kind of thing. Um, Listen. Sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I'm so lost. It's okay. well, I've listen. heard that Clayface might come back as the Robert Pattinson sequel but that's like where my knowledge <laughs> no <starts. laughs> listen listen it Batman has a huge history that's besides the point in any let's case let's talk about the other ins uh, animal man <laughs> yeah, did, we, <laughs> no. did we get off track a little we more? got sorry that's <laughs> my bad podcast no way <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry in any case I just I my point with this <laughs> my, my long rants aside um, I just really appreciate like just owning it <laughs> like Guardians of the Galaxy owns it yeah. like for example they just own the fact that like 
a talking raccoon makes no sense. We're not going to try to make it make <laughs> right. sense. This is uh, not to go on yet another tangent. Everything Everywhere All at Once is perfect of that. Mm-hmm. Where it is like, yeah, it's multiverse stuff. It is really stupid, but we're just going to lean into it. And mm-hmm. I feel like going from multiverse of madness and then into Everything Everywhere All at Once where multiverse of madness kind of took itself too seriously. Everything Everywhere All at Once was like, we don't care. I'm hoping that Ant-Man, since it seems like it's going to deal with multiverse stuff as mm-hmm. we see literally thousands of Ant-Mans becoming like a wave of Ant-Mans. I'm hoping that it's not the same thing. I, I will argue to that. For me personally, I think it's not just about how seriously you take yourself, but how, like, what do you have to say with the narrative that you're telling? Mm-hmm. Like, I think despite, you know, I appreciate what James Gunn brought to the MCU with Guardians of the Galaxy. I do not appreciate how every other MCU movie afterwards felt like it wanted to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I think what made that first movie work is that, you know, it acknowledges, yeah, Star-Lord's kind of an idiot who's not as cool as he thinks he is, but he's an idiot who, you know, is also this scared kid who lost his mom at an early age and uh, is trying to put on a strong face despite you know being abducted at a as a kid and kind of just living out in a very harsh environment like you have to have something of substance if you want to be a little more goofy i think and that's i think we're going to get something like that from ant-man quantumania i appreciate what they're doing so far with Scott and Cassie because that Mm -hmm. relationship has always been great in the MCU I think I just don't want it to be another like Thor Ragnarok or Thor um, what was it Love and Thunder Love and Thunder Thunder. I'm going off of Cassie I'm curious if any of you guys have thoughts on the recasting Uh, she looks I didn't (laughs) notice until same I think it's fine but I did hear something where they did the recasting and then they didn't tell the original actress that she was being recast i don't know a lot of details about it (laughs) that's all that i heard and um that really sucks okay i don't particularly mind it all too much especially since in terms of okay in terms of real life casting that would suck if that was the case (laughs) if you got replaced and no one told you until you maybe found out on the news um but like story-wise i just Like I meant more in terms of acting, like this new. I don't remember what else she's been in, but I remember really liking her, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see how she does in because this is like the only really new character, I guess. I mean, no, even Jonathan Majors we've seen uh, in Loki. It's a different iteration of King, but mm-hmm. this is like the big introduction of one of the bigger MCU characters, I feel like. And I'm excited to see how she does. Well, and then I think fundamentally, too, the fact that they decided to really... Like, Loki, sure, introduced the entire idea of, like, the multiverse saga. But I think it's an interesting choice, and I think an appropriate choice, to start off with Ant-Man to be like, hey, here's the big bad. Because, like... Yeah, it's it's an interesting first hero to set opposite of him. Well, Kang is ridiculous. Like, Kang is just... Ridiculous. I mean, he's a man with a blue face. It's, it is kind of inherently hard to take him seriously. Yeah, but like Ant Man is also like just inherently ridiculous. So like, I don't know. Again, it goes back to me just a pre- very appreciative of that. Um, 
I will say, one thing I'm, I'm also really curious about is, will we see more of Ghost from the second movie in this one? Um, I don't know if this is cheating, but I did look at the cast list to, like, get some info. Uh-huh. And um, she was listed. Okay. So we what? don't... Um, ghost. Like ghost actress. Oh, okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, in what capacity. I don't have any theories for that, but I know she'll be in it. Hannah John Common, I think, is her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I heard she won't play a big role, but I think she will appear. I mean... Yeah, it makes sense, right? Well, see, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, because, like, the second movie, she supposedly got cured of her phase fever, I guess you could call it. so fun. Like, it was so forgettable. I barely even remember what happened to Ghost. That, I'm going to be honest. That's fa- I mean, that's fair. I'm not... Listen, for as much as I appreciate Ant-Man, I'm not saying it's high art. Right. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Ghost issue was that um, she kept having spouts of intangibility. Right. Which I only know that because, like, one of the first comics I owned was about Ghost. Cool. <laughs> really? Breaking into it. Yeah, That's it was an cool. Iron Man piece where he'd been breaking into Stark Industries to try. Yeah. So that is, like, literally the only reason I remember Ghost so well is, oh, yeah, the person who can <laughs> phase through stuff like Shadowcat. I thought she was the coolest. Really? She was she pretty was cool. Very, I'm in love with her. Listen, so. in the moment she was cool, like, <laughs> yeah. I will admit, it's just... Overall, I think that movie was just kind of Forget- forgettable. She was the reason why I even watched that movie in the first place. Really? I was like, lady who can phase through walls? <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a vibe. Maya, we'll all drink around for hoping that Kitty Pride comes into the yes, next just- X-Men 97. Oh, yeah. Because no. that is literally the her exact power. Like, just- I know nothing about comics <laughs> or Marvel. Kitty I Pride would- is another woman who... Pretty lady that can face through walls. All right, swag I'm in. <laughs> I mainly remember Ant-Man and the Lost because, like, the whole conflict of that story is just set up on Hank Pym and the other doctor. I don't Janet remember. Van Dyke. Janet. No, not Janet oh. Van Dyne. Um, Dyne. The other doctor, like, it's not Egghead. It's whatever his... Um... Egghead from Sonic? Egghead. No. <laughs> not, like, one of... Okay, one of Ant Man's reoccurring enemies oh, in the comics. Okay. Egghead yeah. is. I've never heard of that before. Again. Not that I should be surprised. 1950s anthology, sci fi anthology. You kind of. You kind yeah. of. I don't remember his name, but. Oh, uh, Bill Foster, I think. Bill Lawrence Bill. Fishburne played him. Basically, oh. he's the other scientist who's trying to help Ghost cure her condition, right, but yeah. they're doing it through illegal means. And, like, Half of that movie is just Pim and Foster never being able to work together because they just yeah. like <laughs> they just gotta have that big dick energy. <laughs> and, like because they're so arrogant about like oh I don't want to work with this guy and seem weak and there's just like something so stupidly funny about that. It's just like guys, you seriously just cannot get over your fights in the past to just like work together <laughs> no yeah and i to be fair it's an it's a comic accurate hank pym yeah well <laughs> for yeah better and for, worse. for better like, or for worse i i appreciate um, that they didn't make him like completely insane like he was in the comics mm-hmm. but oh, also kind of he's still egotistical sorry to cut you off but i actually no, i'm i'm really curious what do you guys th- like? What do you guys think? Because we've seen in Marvel's What If that Ant Man, both Hank Pym and Scott Lang, 
were the cause of like the destruction of like two of the multiverses. I don't know. I, just, I don't know if you saw like uh, did anybody? Which one was it? I, I missed. I, I missed what it. if. It was I haven't a while watched it yet. ago though. Yeah. Okay. I can't yeah. really remember. Two of so one of them he, they, uh, the zombies one was released oh, because it was oh, a zombie yes. virus from the quantum realm, <laughs> and the other one all the Avengers were dying because Hank Pym was on a vendetta to kill all of them. I missed that. That sounds I like a Hank zombie Pym thing to do. Huh. Yeah. So I'm. I'm I, I, I think it's interesting that... Uh, if it's not Wanda Maximoff having a mental breakdown, it's definitely Hank Pym <laughs> having a mental breakdown <laughs> well, so and killing well, the Avengers. that's the interesting thing. Is like we've, since we're seeing so many variants of Scott Lang there, do you think there's a possibility we'll see Marvel's What If like versions of Ant-Man there that have destroyed yeah. other timelines and know the repercussions of that's, their actions? That's a question I had going... Like, like, like I said, seeing all of these Ant-Mans, are we going to actually... like how, how is that even going to work? Because it's not like... They're going to be in a cross the Spider Verse situation where right. each of these Spider Men have different backstories that maybe we'll get to explore, maybe not. Maybe they're just Easter eggs. All of these Ant Man look basically the same, and so I don't know how the multiverse is going to work if we're going to see other versions of Ant Man and if it's going to get into that mm-hmm. or like it. It didn't. It's an interesting question I have going into this, and I have no idea. Yeah. We did see. Um, I think we saw the exact same evil Doctor Strange that was first shown in the Marvel's What If mm. in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I would Cap- not be surprised if we they... S- we also saw Captain Carter mm. in Multiverse yeah, of Madness. Yeah, that's right. So... She was one of the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that, how, that they killed her I'm off so fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, my other question was, do you think this could, this could be a great lead-up to the Fantastic Four movie? Which, please, 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 please let this one be good. Please, <laughs> please, listen. Please let the four the actually do Jessica stuff. The Alba was fine. I like that one. Unironically. Is that with Chris Evans? Too? Yes. Was that the fan, was that I, fan I, four stick? So, oh, no, that was the 2005 so one. I can't even remember watching that. I, it's such a fever dream of a movie, but I love it with all my heart. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they do lead this into Fantastic Four since they've been building that up for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and since Kang is also and, historically yeah, a Fantastic Kang. Four uh, villain. But this is going back to a problem that I'm having a lot with MCU stuff in general right now is that they're building up mutants and they're building up Young Avengers and they're building up Secret Wars and they're building up multiverses and they're like, it's it's at a point, now they're going to build up Fantastic Four and it is a question of like at what point are we going to collide these together like how is i'm super interested to see how they're gonna tie all of these in to have because they are leading into secret wars Mm -hmm. and i'm curious to see how they're going to wrap up all of these so that it actually makes sense because there's so much stuff going on that as someone especially someone who hasn't read comics and is excited to see how it all works and loves the idea of young avengers and secret wars i'm really hoping that they give each of those aspects enough time to actually breathe you know um, and, that's, yeah. and that's why I think I think killing off Scott Lang would be interesting, or at the very least, killing off Ant Man would be an interesting. And um, and this was another question I had too. Do you think killing off all the all the old adventures? Because we they've already confirmed like Drax and Rocket and all these other the Guardians are going to die in the, in the third. Or movie. at least what? it's oh, going to be their last. What? Their last. Movie. Movie. We don't know if they're going to die. Well, it's well. <laughs> Stefan, can you just like stop spoiling stuff? <laughs> The I want to go into those movies to be surprised. Told me though, the, the movie hasn't even come out yet. I'm just speculating here, but like Dave Bautista has already said he's not doing it anymore. Yeah. Um, but like we're and we're already seeing introduction to like a lot of the new these newer heroes, right? Like Miss Marvel, for example, that I mentioned before. Cassie is already going to be playing Stature. 
Um, and we're going to see, and I think, uh, I haven't seen Wakanda forever, but I believe uh, sure. Ironheart, Ironheart appeared in that. Ironheart. Yeah, Riri Williams did yeah. show um, up in that. So I don't know, do you think this could be a new uh, direction for the Young Avengers? Like the new a new team up, a new generation? or They definitely are building up the Young Avengers, like with Kate Bishop appearing in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And I hear like the Young Avengers is getting off the ground soon. And I think it's interesting that, um, you know, all the old Avengers are dying off because with like the MCU, we're running into a problem where actors are real people and they age. And in the comics, you can use them for as long as you like. So... I- Mm. I mean, I, yeah, but they like to do other things. I'm kind of, I will say, I think the fact that the actors do age is something that actually works to the film versus benefit. Because I think that allows them to do something that comics are usually afraid to do, which is, you know, to not stick to a status quo and to keep evolving stuff. On the other hand, Personally, I think I most want to see a mix of the older heroes and younger ones. Like, I think Mm. it would be best, you know, like the older heroes, I don't think they stop being relevant just because they're not maybe in their prime as much. I think it's going to be interesting to see how maybe the older heroes influence new ones yeah, or like kind of idea. yeah or like how batman and say young justice acts as like a supervisor to the younger members and is still an active force but mm-hmm. just they're operating on different levels and i think that would be a lot more fulfilling to me personally than for them to just kill off the old cast and then replace it with new ones cuz at that point, it just kind of loops around to being expendable, and no one wants that. I'm actually kind of with Ronnie on this one, and you know, I know nothing about Marvel, so <laughs> maybe take this with a grain of salt. But. However, I am a school. I'm, I want to be a school teacher, and so here's the thing: I have a lot of belief in the younger generation. <laughs> I have a lot of belief that they have a lot of passion and they have a lot of drive to do what older people are sometimes afraid to do. So if the older members of Marvel want to be a guiding force, a mentor, I think that's great. But I think, you know, pass on the baton. Mm -hmm. You know, I I would like to see some younger folks get out there and change the world. I think there's nothing bad in that. But that's not to say that I don't disagree with you, Eric. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's have it out right here. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that is all for now. Um, or at least that's all we have time for. Uh, so thank you all. And I guess just as a final note, uh, yeah, any last comments? Any last impressions from the trailer? No, nope. I'm hoping that I'm... Slowly but surely leaning away from MCU stuff, and I'm hoping that this gets me back into it. I hope the Wasp has more of a role, because mm-hmm. in both trailers, she barely appears, and she doesn't have a single line. And it's called <laughs> yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, see, interestingly, so, I, um, I the hope actress it, uh, for yeah. the Wasp actually is anti-vaxxer, and so, like, Ooh. I'm kind of... I'm kind of so you would think... Oh my god. I mean, I don't know, because Wakanda Forever Shuri, the, I don't remember the actress. True. She's an anti-vaxxer and she's the next Black Panther, so there's not I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. They should have just made the temple guard more lady. It's, it's <laughs> next. Wakanda Forever, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> yeah. And Love and Thunder is Love and Thunder, you know. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah. Ronnie, got anything? Uh, no, I'm excited. I don't think this will be the movie that brings you in, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either, yeah. but at least we have Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And that's... Ugh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> For the record, that's an uh, of oh, excitement. Oh, yeah. I'm like, my yeah. fist. I'm so Please excited. don't flood our comment no. section yeah, angrily. No, we like to across no, the spider please. verse. I'm so excited for it. Um, soundtrack and all. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the direction superhero movies and sci fi stories in general are just heading nowadays. So it'll be interesting to see what Quantumania has to offer in that regard. I'm excited they gave Modoc a different design than the one that was in the supposed leaks. <laughs> because, God, that was awful. <laughs> Let superheroes look like the comics. You don't need to keep, like, adding a bunch of weird extraneous Sonic? details. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, did Sonic. I say Sonic? Sonic, Sonic with Sonic. teeth. As in Sonic with oh. human teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Hope you, uh, y'all, enjoy, y'all at home enjoyed listening. And, uh, yeah. Catch you all next time. Yeah, make sure to check out part two uh, after we actually watch the movie and In give our reactions. <laughs> yeah. Learn how it, yeah, I liked it. We shall see. Jackson, I will fight you on this. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs>